Hey everybody, I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vizella. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the entire United States of America. We release a new episode every other Wednesday-ish, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. Awesome. Just a housekeeping matter, too, before we get this train rolling. This podcast is available just about anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch them listen. But no matter how you check the show out, show it some love. Give it that like. Give it that comment. Give it that five-star review on iTunes. Purchase NJBIA and rewrite Kate and I's job descriptions to podcast all day. Whatever you feel like doing to support the show. But with all that out of the way... <laughs> Our awesome guests today. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Our awesome guests today from Gibbons are Kevin G. Walsh and Courtney A. Johnson. So say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Go ahead, Courtney. Hi, everyone. This is Courtney I was going to say Johnson. this was not intended to be a stumper question. Is just say hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi, I'm Kevin Walsh. I'm the co-chair of the Government and Regulatory Affairs Group here at Gibbons, and Courtney Johnson is my colleague and associate in our Trenton office. Fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, this is actually well, going to be our third episode with Gibbons. If you go all the way back to the beginning of our podcast, we had Christine Stearns on once and we had Steve Reynolds on once. So yep. looking forward to meeting more of the Gibbons team. Absolutely. This is very exciting. Okay. So today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? And uh, it can be TV, books, movies, food. And we can go first if you're not totally ready this this sometimes is a stumper of a question although some people usually are just like oh well i just went through three episodes last night of whatever so if you're ready go for it if not we can we can go courtney go ahead you're always up first <laughs> uh, i don't have as much time to do three episodes but i'm currently watching the godfather of harlem on hulu which is pretty interesting Ooh. um it's about Bumpy Johnson. Do you remember the movie that came out? It has to be like 10 years ago now, American Gangster. Then yeah. the Washington Lucas. Frank Lucas learned everything he knew from Bumpy Johnson, an OG Harlem gangster. And so this kind of goes through like Bumpy's origin, not really his origin story, his like reemergence after he got out of Alcatraz. And like everybody that's playing a part in like 1960, 1960s Harlem, the civil rights movement, the five families. It's very interesting. That's what I'm watching right now. Cool. That, so you would recommend it? Yeah. Yes, I would recommend. Mm -hmm. So in my household, there is an ongoing struggle for the Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime control. So my son, mm -hmm. who's much of his time playing Fortnite on the couch, has been binging Stranger Things. And so I, by osmosis, have sort of, I, I watched the first two uh, first two seasons a couple of years ago and then kind of got pulled back in because Stranger Things overtook our house the last month. And <laughs> the struggle begins when my wife gets home from work and wants to just decompress and turn on Mrs. Maisel. So Stranger Things and Mrs. Maisel, depending upon who wins the struggle for the remote, either my son or my wife, that's what's going on in our house. And when they go to bed, sometimes I have the energy and sometimes I don't to get moving on Yellowstone. And I think I'm at the end of season two, beginning of season three. So I'm well behind. But um, that's that's the Walsh household television situation. 
such drastically different, you know, tones there. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. Awesome. And Cameron and I are also Yellowstone fans. So when you catch up, let us know. We can chat. <laughs> nice. I think I'm the only person in the world who hasn't done Yellowstone yet. And every time I, you haven't either, Vin. That's interesting. Yeah. But I, time... I have heard good things. Yeah. Kate, if you, Kate, if you watched any House of Cards, it's just House of Cards. It's not in D.C. It's out in Wyoming or Montana, wherever. It's, uh... it's, it's politics. It's it's a struggle for power. It's the same thing. Okay, that's really helpful. And what what um, platform is it on? Because I can never remember to find it. Oh goodness. Um... It's on uh, Paramount. Stone is on. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, I think. Is it okay? I'll have to track it down because every time I remember, every time I finish a show and think, okay, I got to start something new. Maybe this is when I start Yellowstone. I can never find it, and I need to just find it somehow. Either questions that can be asked of anyone under the age of fifteen in my household. How do I find X? And then it happens. And there's Vinny that website. Be- yeah, yeah, go ahead. Vinny will be quick to remind me that there is a website and an app, which is actually installed on my phone called Just Watch. So if you put in what platforms you subscribe to and then you do a search for whatever you're looking for, it will tell you where to find it. So I really just need to remember to look for it. And I just don't. Mm. Vinny, what are you binging? So I, I finally started Severance, and I say finally in that, like if John and Oliver were to ever watch our show, there would be like an <laughs> and now this. Vinny is going to watch Severance. And it would just be like a marathon of every time. I'm like, yeah, I keep meaning to get around to that. And I know. So I finally threw that on. I'm like four episodes deep. It's really cool. So it's a show about um this like evil corporation. If you're into video games, it's, it's almost like a, a clone of the Aperture Corporation where they're just this soulless organization. And they um they divide your memories into when you're at work and when you're not so that you don't have any memory of you know, one versus the other. So at first I thought, you know, you get all of your memories at least prior to when you're working, but they do it so that you go into work just cold. So you don't remember anything about anything. And it it's weird because it's almost like they split the person into two completely different people because they have like no concept of anything outside. They walk out the door and then they immediately walk back in. And, you know, like it's, they have that, it's just crazy like that. So there's this whole thriller story to it that I didn't realize, but I, I was definitely interested in watching it because um, one of our, I think it was New Good Neighbor winners from years past is the place where they shoot the show. So I uh, I was like, oh yeah, we filmed some stuff there once. So I, I wanted to check it out, but yeah. That's really cool. I've I've been aware of Severance for a long time. Didn't know what it was about. And now I feel like I really need to watch it because that sounds really cool. Yeah, Apple Plus exclusive. Check it out. Yeah. All right. And I'm I'm sorry, Kate. I was just going to say severance sounds like the way in which if you have three children in four years, you have to go to work because working from home is impossible. And the only way to get away from craziness at home is to go to work. Yeah, I I wonder if part of that, because I don't know when they started making this thing. You know, it's probably during COVID because – you know, there's nobody in that giant building, but um, it's it's interesting. I used to say this place has a door and that place has a door, and that was how I would say like, you know, I can leave my work problems at work and my home problems at home and not mix the two. But now in COVID, you know, it's it's all one big building with one big door, so it's <laughs> it's very interesting what the the way they kind of work with that work life balance, you know, to separate it entirely. 
I have such a stupid practical question. Like if yeah. they don't remember anything as soon as they leave the office building, how do they remember to go back there the next day? How do they even remember where they it is? They know that they work there, but they don't know anything about their job. So wow. uh, one of the two main characters hates working there. And her outside person doesn't know that she hates working there. And so she keeps trying to like slip herself messages like, please quit or like never come back here. But they're very, very good at finding that kind of stuff so that she's never able to like get any kind of sense like I should stop coming to this place. All right. So I have another follow up question. And I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, no means. All right. So does that mean that if there's a family emergency, and somebody tries to call you at work, you will not recognize the number? You can't get called at work. Like there is no way to get any kind of, you know, interaction with the outside world. It is just you and your computer monitor. And it's like, you're working on an Apple II almost. Like, it's not even like you're working on a modern machine where you're like, let me just check out what's going on in the news today. You know, like you have no concept of what the outside world is. It's just, this is your life. That's bananas. I Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. We should talk right. about it after you watch it. Yeah, I definitely I definitely will. And I should do that soon because I'm in, in the most boring uh, answer possible. I'm rewatching Ted Lasso for the third time because I literally just can't get enough of it. Also on Apple. In fact, I am so in love with this show that I am not a sports person at all. But I just bought a Roy Kent jersey with his number on the back that I will be wearing all summer, all fall, as long as I can get away with it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> addicted to this show. It's ridiculous. I'll have to check that out when I'm done. You've Ooh. never, wait, wait. You have Apple and you have not yet watched Ted Lasso. I only got Apple like this week because um, our we have, it's like a book club, but a movie club at NJBIA now. And the movie club movie this week was Coda, which was an Apple Plus exclusive. So I started a trial just to watch Coda. And it was a six-month free trial because it came with my PS5. And um, I was like, all right, well, as long as I've got this now, let me jump into Severance, which I've been saying I'm going to watch forever. So as soon as Severance is done, I got to watch something else, I guess. So it'll be that. You will not be disappointed. Courtney, Kevin, any thoughts on Ted Lasso? I was very late also, and my brother, much like you, Kate, was like, you have to watch the show. Why haven't you watched Ted Lasso yet? I do enjoy soccer, so he's like, I can't believe you haven't watched it, and kept hounding me, and so finally, I just watched it, and it, it was comedy. I don't think that I like had to drop everything I was doing to watch it, but I did enjoy the show. Oh, it just has so much heart. Kate, I think that in uh, the lead up to this taping, you encourage us to go back and watch some prior episodes. And I looked at something, I think, from March of this year, and your answer was Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, then, uh, and, then, and then began a gripping discussion of uh, investment planning, insurance, and something else. Um, but uh, that's yeah. where you are in March. <laughs> How many times have you watched it beginning to end? Three times? This is the third time. Yeah. So my you son- actually told me that you straight up never do that. I never do that. I never do that. But I have, I am so in love with this show. It's got so much heart. For Christmas 2020, my son was gifted uh, on Hulu. We bought all the seasons of Parks and Rec. And Parks and Rec, there are certain episodes that my son has probably watched 50 times. So he's 
in seasons ahead of you. I love that show, but I've never been compelled to watch it beginning to end over and over again. She told me she's never rewatched a show. So well, no, I I don't think I would have ever told you that because I do rewatch shows. So you said you said you never rewatch okay. a show. I don't know. No, I I was either lying. Or you have me mixed up with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I thought like that's kind of nuts. Because sometimes you just have to kind of catch up on something, you know. Yeah. Especially Netflix. Like I I don't remember anything from last season of anything I watched on Netflix. I need that little recap. But yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think I just told you that I need to go back and rewatch the Umbrella Academy because I totally didn't remember the um oh my gosh, the dad's origin story. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. That's another one. You know, Netflix is getting really terrible with their recaps because instead of being like, okay, here's seriously what happened, they're being like, here's some cool moments that look like right. an awesome trailer for what you're about to watch. And I'm like, no, no, no. Remind me what actually happened. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. But anyway, all of that out of the way, let's hear about what you two do at Gibbons. So uh, I'm the uh, I'm breaking the rule, Courtney. I'm going to go first. Um, I am the co-chair. Your own rule too. You just established that like five minutes ago. <laughs> I'm co-chair of the uh, Government and Regulatory Affairs Group, but I'm also a business litigator and a criminal defense attorney. Um, it was not my life's passion to become a, a lobbyist in Trenton. I kind of fell into it through a series of uh, coincidences that didn't really involve me. Um, I've been an attorney since 1998. I've been in private practice 17 years. Um, and five of those years in the middle, I was a prosecutor who worked for then US attorney, Chris Christie. Um, and so I was in the criminal division handling white collar fraud cases, mail fraud, wire fraud, internet frauds, those kinds of things. Um, and then when I came back to private practice as a criminal defense attorney, trying to keep my clients out of jail rather than sending them to jail, um, many of my friends who I drank a lot of beer with and played a lot of basketball with from the U.S. Attorney's Office went down and populated many of the departments and agencies of then Governor Christie. And so I registered as a government affairs agent, also known as a lobbyist, and have been at it ever since. Uh, so adding that practice group to what otherwise was a, you know, a traditional litigation attorney's career. Um, over the years, I've also been an elected official in my hometown in Westfield, where I served for a year and a day, uh, which was not a prison sentence, but it was a year and a day. Um, and I, I left the town council to take the federal prosecutor job because you can't be in an office where you're sending politicians to jail when you're a politician yourself. So that was that was many years ago, though. I was age 27 at the time. I was a renter with no children in the schools, and I ran against a three-term, seven-year incumbent and won by some 300-some-odd votes. Um, but uh, And then also over the years, I've served in an acting capacity as the general counsel at Seton Hall University for uh, approximately a year. Um, so I've done a lot of different things, lobbying, government affairs work, uh, criminal defense, and litigation. And so that's my career in that's 23 years in two minutes. That's incredible. I have I have some follow-up questions, but I'm going to let Courtney jump in first. Courtney. Sure. So as Kevin said, I'm an associate in the government and regulatory affairs department at Gibbons. Um, before that, I was a commercial litigator, primarily uh, handling business litigation contract cases for about six years. And before attending law school, I actually worked for uh, the legislature, I worked for an assemblyman who's now a senator, 
in the New Jersey Senate. And so I had some exposure to government affairs in New Jersey, enjoyed it. I was a political science history double major at Rutgers and in Eagleton governor's executive fellow. So I'm not unfamiliar with politics in the state, but um, ended up circling back and have registered now as a government and regulatory affairs agent. And it's been very interesting. Uh, this is my first full session in that capacity just completed. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting for sure. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you explained how you went from litigator to uh, lobbyist because those two don't in my head go together at all. Um, and in fact, that when you said litigator, that line from, I forget what movie it's from, but litigators are the scariest kind of lawyers. That's what I think of when I think of litigator. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but you must be uh, a force to be reckoned with as a lobbyist if you started as a litigator. Oh, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I think that I think that I tell people that being a lobbyist is simply it's simply advocating for your clients on their issues in the state house instead of the courthouse. Um, much of much of what we get paid to do, and much of what any really good lawyer uh, does, is exercises good judgment, helps uh, her client make good decisions, and you know, so much of and I would say criminal defense is the most analogous to lobbying because it's sort of one third, you have to understand the law. So you have to understand the rules of the road. Then it's one third lobbying. You have to be able to listen to the music, see what's possible. Um, and then it's one third social work, which is simply, you know, holding your client's hand through difficult times and then deciding when is the time to fight and when is the time to, to make a deal because it's the deal's not gonna get any better. And that's the same in a criminal case, whether your client is facing jail and they have a shot at getting probation, or whether you know the, the governor's office or an agency is saying, look, the, the politics are this way, here's what's on the table. We understand that you know if you had a magic wand, you want you know the star, the moon, the stars, and everything in between, but it's not going to happen. So do you want do you want X or do you want nothing? So um, that's that's my I think there are a lot of parallels actually, Kate, between um, anyone who's a good um, trusted counselor in a litigation setting and someone who who knows what they're doing on State Street and Trent. I love that answer. Courtney, you're nodding your head. You want to jump in? I absolutely agree with Kevin. I do think a lot of times people perceive litigators in a certain, <laughs> a certain way because those are often the lawyers you see, right, on television shows and movies. But I, I do find that having been a litigator helps me to better serve the clients because I'm able to take the information, present it in a nice, concise manner, much in the same way you would do, you know, for the court. There's a lot of different case law, facts, you're trying to advocate for your clients as a zealous advocate, and that's the same in the state house. So I find that a lot of those skills have been more transferable than people may may think. Who are when you say you're lobbying, are you lobbying for the law firm's clients? Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, any client on any side of an issue that you read about in the newspaper, I guarantee you they have lobbyists both in Washington, D.C. and in various state capitals around the country where they have advocates who educate government officials about their business and about the challenges they have. So does that mean like one week you could be lobbying for client X 
who wants one thing. And then the next week you could be lo lobbying for client Y who wants the other opposite end of the spectrum. Like, how does that work? Yeah, so we, we can't do, I mean, we, we are the, we, we're a law firm first and foremost. And so I have a license to practice law as do, you know, my 150 some odd colleagues. Uh, those of us, the, 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 the six or eight of us who are lobbyists also are constrained by the rules of professional conduct. So those rules would prevent us from taking, you know, on Monday, taking uh, taking position A, and then on Thursday, taking exactly the opposite position B with a, with a separate client because those interests would be adverse to one another. Now, uh, so uh, Kate and Vinny, I don't know if, is either of you an attorney? I am not. No, That's so, why I'm asking dumb questions. No, no, this is not a dumb question. Like, if you have $400 and a passport photo, you too can be a lobbyist. And... <laughs> And Good to so, know. You know. What does the $400 go for? That that goes for your lobbyist credentials badge that the awesome. New Jersey Election Law Enforcement Commission will send you in the mail, which really looks like a very bad counterfeit that was done by somebody like 20 years ago. But um, anyway, you get this badge and then, you know, you have to wear it around the state house when you are engaging in lobbying activity. But the point is that not every lobbyist in Trenton is an attorney. But every attorney who happens to be a lobbyist is constrained by the rules of professional conduct. And that that really goes to what you asked, Vinny, about, you know, are you going to do side switching? Um, but it also, from my perspective, what makes us different from some of the other uh, household names on State Street in Trenton is that, you know, I've been in meetings over the years where you've got, I don't know, pick an issue. Uh, you know, it's some uh, solar issue with the Board of Public Utilities and the DEP. And, you know, the, the staff at the agencies aren't talking to one another. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And we have the ability to, you know, do a lawyerly memo that addresses all the legal issues on all sides of it. It Write it like a white paper, give it to everybody in the room, and then say, like, look, we've done all of your work. Could somebody just say yes? And, you know, that process that I just described in 30 seconds can take months, sometimes years, but that's what that's what a broad-based full-service law firm who happens to have excellent lobbyists can do for, you know, you as a client, whether you're, you know, Acme Utility, Electric Utility Company, or you are, you know, you know, Jones Radio Corporation, whatever it is. And I, I didn't mean the question maliciously. I didn't mean like, would you be deliberately working both sides of the angle aisle? I meant um, more along the lines of like, okay, at BIA, we have a lobbying team and they're an amazing lobbying team. And the beauty of BIA is that all of our members are businesses. So they can lobby kind of in this united front in what's in the best interest of businesses. But I'm guessing that you have clients from all spectrums of, you know, the working world who might have different interests. So how how do you work that? Like, do you just not take on clients who would be asking for, I don't know, something you're lobbying on the other side of the aisle for? Yeah, I mean, anytime we any anytime we open up a new client, as every law firm in this in this world does, you have to run a conflicts check, and. Um, Courtney can talk more about this, but I mean, we have we have uh, Friday morning 8 a.m. strategy meetings, our government affairs team every week, where we all basically we spend 30 minutes just you know what are you doing, what are you working on, so that if Courtney generates a new client who's gonna who is logical is gonna take a position that's adverse to an existing client, like that's that's just a no go. 
Right. Exactly what Kevin said. And I mean, sometimes you might have clients that would not necessarily be on the same side of an issue, but something presents itself and you have a set of strange bedfellows. And so that's another reason why we have these strategy calls so that you can work that out. Maybe there's, you know, a provision in a bill that they both like, and then a different provision that they can compromise on. It's not going to present a conflict. But as Kevin said, we are bound by the rules of professional conduct. And so we have to make sure that it's not going to be a conflict and advise the client if, if we think that it will present one. And last, last point on this, Vinny, like if I, if, if I were to bring in a new client and Courtney has, Courtney has a client who is c concerned about issues A, B, and C, and I bring in a client who has a whole host of issues but is really concerned about issue C, I may have to tell that new client, look, I can help you with 99% of your issues, but as to issue C, we have an existing client, and so you're going to have to work with somebody else on that. And as long as there's transparency and disclosure to the clients, that's really what you're getting at, so that you know, so that nobody is suspicious that behind the scenes I'm, you know, taking a dive over here to help client over there. Yes, yeah. that's really interesting. Um, I want to I want to jump back to something you said earlier. Uh, working for Chris Christie when he was U.S. Attorney, I remember some of the headlines um, that popped up during those years, and thinking about some of the one or two mayors who uh, whose personal assets far exceeded anything they ever could have made at their job as a mayor. Wondering if you have any fun stories that you uh, can share this this far away from all those those things that happened. Well, as a former, when I became a federal prosecutor in 2003, uh, the day I stepped in, I was I was most recently a former elected public official, and so I never wanted to, and I certainly never did. Uh, handle any political prosecution cases, which uh, in the U.S. Attorney's Office at that time, that was all what we referred to as seventh floor stuff. Um, <laughs> that was where special prosecution division was, and I think might still be located. Um, as to fun stories, I mean, we don't have enough hours here, Kate, to go through them, but um, look, New Jersey is a strange place, and I know a lawyer who... Um, I know a lawyer who was a prosecutor in the Monmouth County Prosecutor's Office for many years, and he, he recently retired, and I was speaking with him recently, and before he came to New Jersey in the early 90s, where he he was a prosecutor here in New Jersey for 30 plus years, but before that, he had spent like five or 10 years uh, in Staten Island and Brooklyn, and he always says to me, he said, I thought that uh, New York City was the most corrupt place I had ever been on the earth until I moved to Monmouth County. Oh, um, God. And, you know, that's that's a gross overgeneralization. But, you know, we've had our challenges in this state um, with public officials who don't understand that public service is a public trust. And um, look, it's an ongoing challenge. And Governor Christie, when he was the U.S. attorney, was exceedingly successful. Um, every developer and every politician in this state knew because I think uh, I think the governor mentioned it at the League of Municipalities meeting one one of those years, like, you know, if you want to look over your shoulder, you're going to see us because we're there. Um, you know, query whether in the years since he left, uh, whether politicians and real estate developers feel that same way. Um, other Others can opine on that. 
Yeah, we're not actually allowed to talk politics, so I'm not going to go down that particular <laughs> rabbit hole. But um, if you had to pick one fun story, just one, what, what would it be? That's a me, Kate? Yes, to you. Um, I had, it's, it's, I can't really tell the story in, in 30 seconds, but I had a trial against the gentleman. This is public. Nobody's record. saying you have to. Yeah, you've got a little time. <laughs> I had a trial against a, a man whose name was Richard Tagliamonte, who the trial ended up being sort of a long, slow, painful, guilty plea because the evidence was so overwhelming. But he was a really special and interesting and dangerous con man. Um, and he, he really was a con man of the highest order. And, and the con, you know, con man, the root word is confidence. He would gain people's confidence. And this is at a time before the internet and iPhones were ubiquitous. I mean, he was masterful at so many ways in gaining people's trust that it really, it was a shame because he was so talented and so smart. If he had gone into like a legitimate business, he could have been the CEO of, you know, the world, but he had a screw loose and, um, it was a it was a fun trial. We had a lot of laughs, but at the end of the day, I think he went to jail for like sixteen years. That's a shame. <laughs> Courtney, what about you? Any fun fun stories? No, I have not reached Kevin's level of experience yet, so I <laughs> I don't have any fun stories like that. But hopefully, I will get some. Okay. As I, I get further into my career. Fair enough. All right, uh, one last follow-up for you, Kevin. Uh, I used to live in Union County, and I'm a big fan of Westfield, but when is the parking deck happening? I, there's no place to park when I go there to eat. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it, man. When is it happening? So when I ran for town council in the summer of 2001, and I knocked on 1,300 doors between July 5th and October 31st, one of my positions was that it's time to build the parking deck. And the time at the time it was going to be on the south side train station, that footprint. Yep. People have been talking about this for decades. I don't know that it will ever happen. And and I don't I think the reason is, Kate, because if the 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 true locals, and I don't mean to be snobbish about it, but like we know where to park because there's a, there's a there's really a ton of parking. It's just you have to know where it is. Um and, and you don't want to share. I will grant you between the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and New Year's, it's it's a challenge parking downtown. That's what you'll grant me? That's it? <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> between the Wednesday after Thanksgiving or before and, okay, I'll take it, I guess. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, unless there's anything else, I think we're gonna take a break and when we come back, we're gonna do something brand new. And welcome back. And we are now going to do something brand spanking new. We are introducing a lightning round with five more questions, which today, these questions are brought to us by Gibbons of all people. Isn't that amazing? I love how that works out. Uh, but first, actually, I wanted to have uh, one quick follow-up question for Courtney, because you said something in the first half um, and it hit me and then I forgot about it because I got obsessed with politicians. So I was also a history major. What was your area of specialty? Oh, and you're muted. Okay, good. Sure. So I studied a lot of 
American history, actually so much so that I almost minored in Americana studies, but I was like two credits shy and I was not interested in taking any additional summer session classes at Rutgers. I was eight semesters out of there. So uh, <laughs> mostly American history. I did also study some uh, Central American and Latin American history. And that was very interesting. Like there's not just the colonial um, colonial aspects, but also a lot of the movements in the 60s and 70s. A lot of revolutions. What's yeah, the right. difference between American and Americana? That's a very good question. Um, Rutgers has a separate Americana studies major. I do not know precisely what the differences are other than- You were gonna minor in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I almost wish enough credits to minor in Americana studies. That's okay. That's mm -hmm. fascinating. American history is very interesting. Good stuff, good stuff. Okay, Before sorry. Before Kate gets oh. to the game, I just, I wanna say if we look or sound different, go to meeting decided to explode on us in the middle of our taping so we switched to zoom you know like we never had to worry about stuff like this during the pandemic like you know it wasn't just like oh yeah the conference room is on fire so we're gonna switch to you know the, the lobby or anything yeah fun times and we litching in which we live and grow <laughs> it's so true so true yeah. technology man we, all we, right by the way on that point Vinny, you all look the same but now my pocket square in my video is on the other side of my yeah screen. it reversed yeah. um so like if you read my njbia golf day shirt um it's it's now backwards i guess i don't know maybe i can switch the whole thing around like it's we'll it's related to something to do with severance <laughs> yes <laughs> nice callback yeah, exactly. nice callback <laughs> all right all right here we go with the lightning round uh i'm gonna call these out and then call your names you have to like quickly give me your answer without really thinking too hard favorite pizza topping kevin sausage courtney i like margarita so there's not really topping margarita pizza is amazing you know it doesn't get nearly enough credit i agree i don't know that i've ever had margarita pizza what is, is it just yeah Fresh mozzarella and it's tomato? Fresh, yeah. fresh Roma tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, maybe a little basil on there. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need. That sounds amazing. It's fantastic. No sauce? Yeah, there's sauce. No, there's yeah. sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just checking. <laughs> We're not totally Dave. off the rails. Yeah. Dave, you asked about Westfield. Casa de Pizza makes an arugula pizza, which is to die for. Yes. I will have to check that out. Thank you. All right. Next question. Greatest TV show ever made? Courtney. I I don't know. Um, the Wire. I love The Wire. That's I throwback. love The Wire. You and I are simpatico. I love that. Kevin. <laughs> Seinfeld. <gasps> That's okay. a good one. Good answer. All right. Favorite movie, Kevin. Uh, Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Ooh, is a good, one. good one. All right, Courtney. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's the first one that popped in my head. Remember the Titans? I don't know if it just because oh. when it came out, but it's that's a great weeping. It's your second like Denzel callback in this in the show, right? I mean, nice. Denzel is an American treasure. So. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, what phone do you use, Courtney? I am a firm team Samsung, much to Kevin's chagrin. One we of the first things to me was, "We're getting you an iPhone because." <laughs> I texted him in the green bubble burst. I don't want to hear it. Samsung makes incredible products. Yeah. iPhone often bites off of Samsung, and Samsung is amazing. 
Kevin is so I'm a big right Samsung now. person. Yeah. We like we have had this debate, Courtney and I have had this debate since the day she started here. And there's nothing more annoying than having like you're entering <laughs> five people in a group text and it's all blue, blue, blue. And then you put Courtney and bam, everything's green. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know who I am as soon and as I enter the chat. Just, and you can't send web links and you try to send a video to a group and it's like, oh, the Samsung user is destroying whatever. <laughs> <laughs> destroying oh, oh my sure i promptly received an ipod so that he didn't have to deal with those shenanigans that is you actually like, said when when we were having issues you were going to switch phones yeah. do you have two phones on you now one iphone and one samsung just I for do. this kind of thing wow <laughs> that's incredible see and for her to have both in her hands and say i prefer this one that's the kind of person you want to be asking you know right that's exactly right good answer courtney's a five-tool player <laughs> all right all right last Courtney, you're question. also muted you're muted yeah last question unless you want to rebut the uh that's okay kevin knows <laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs> all right last question favorite restaurant in new jersey courtney i don't know that's hard i have a special they're not supposed to be easy <laughs> because that was like my go-to spot when I was in law school. And I'm going to say Top's Diner. That's the first one. That I know that Where is place. That? It's in East Newark. It has since been renovated twice. It doesn't look the same as it did, but I thoroughly enjoy Top's Diner. That's the one where you have to cross a little bridge to get to it, right? Yes. I remember it's the only diner I've ever been to where they give you a cloth napkin. I remember the first time I was there, I was like, wait, it's a diner, right? I, the word out there is diner. What? What? This is amazing. Great experience. Kevin, favorite restaurant in New Jersey. So it's, it's a, it's a jump ball, but I'm going to, I'm going to decide, but I want to give you my thought. It, it's, it's a jump ball between Chef Ola and Belmont. <gasps> Belmont go. Tavern. Belmont has the shrimp beeps that are not to be beaten. And chicken Marsala too. So I'm going Where? Belmont. Where's Belmont? that? It's, uh, I think it's Newark or Belleville. Is it in Newark? It's like two doors out of Newark. It's out Bloomfield Avenue. Toward yeah. The yeah. Bloomfield Avenue. I think it's in Belleville, but yeah. And strangely closed on Tuesdays. <laughs> That's really random. All right. That was our lightning round. I feel like it didn't take half as long as I thought it would. This I know I gave, time. I gave Kate like 10, 11 questions. I know. She was like, let's just cut it down to five. So for future episodes, maybe we'll kick nice. it up more, but yeah. it, it worked out because I there were two people. So, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that was the lightning round, which today was brought to us by Gibbons for our Gibbons attorneys. Very exciting and wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right, then you're up. All right. So earlier in the show, when we did the first part, I actually had a question in my mind and I, I didn't think to ask it or I thought it would be like too dumb. So <laughs> I'm going to ask it now instead. Um, what areas of speciality do you guys have? Like, I know for our lobbyists, we'll have one person working on the environment, one person working on energy. Um, what do you do? Do Courtney, go ahead. Sure. So um, I have obviously been learning in my time at Gibbons. I don't know that I've developed quite a specialty yet, but I do a lot of work with our liquor licensing with our colleague, Michael DiLoretto and also on economic development and grant funding, particularly in the transportation realm with our colleague, Paul St. Ange. So if you're interested in that, please feel free to reach out to myself or Michael DiLoretto or Paul St. Ange. Nice. I don't know if this is necessarily like talking politics, but Kate can advise me to cut this out of the show if it is. 
but I've always felt like the whole liquor license thing in New Jersey is way too convoluted and it needs to go away. Like, yeah. I, I just don't understand why I can't just go into a restaurant and order whatever, you know, like, or, or anywhere, you know, like it's, it's not that big of a deal. I, I don't know, but yeah, yeah that's me. I agree. Certainly a lot of regulations, but that's why you need a government and regulatory. Affairs. Yeah. It's so it, at least <laughs> if we keep it as it is, Courtney still gets to work. So that, that's a good thing, right? hundred <laughs> percent. All right, Kevin, what's your area of specialization? So because I grew up as a litigation lawyer and I've tried jury trials and, and bench trials, uh, anything, so remember we're government and regulatory affairs. Regulatory affairs really is, it's a form of litigation, but it's in, it's, it's a, it's in the administrative state, you know, so you're, you're, you're litigating against someone in the office of administrative law as opposed to in, a, in the courthouse. So anything that, anything that, uh, that the group generates as far as new clients or existing clients who have a regulatory problem, and that might be, you know, a contested petition at the Board of Public Utilities. It might be a, um, an enforcement action by the Department of Health. It could be uh, some sort of contested proceeding at the DEP. All of those kinds of things I enjoy sinking my teeth into because I'm able to call upon my years of training and experience as a litigation lawyer to uh, bring those skills to bear on a legal issue that's that's um, occurring within one of the 14 state agencies. Fantastic. I don't know which one of the three of you has the police like rounding into you, but Not me. I like Back in the day when we recorded this in person, I would tell people, these are the sounds of Trenton. You are not being pulled over in your car if you are listening to this on the road. <laughs> oh, that's the sounds of Newark you hear behind me, 20 sure. floors up. Okay. 20 floors up, and you can still um, hear the sirens. <laughs> so how can people get a hold of you two if they want to take advantage of Gibbons services? Maybe uh, enlist you as their lobbying team. Courtney, go ahead. Sure, you can certainly reach us um, via our website. Uh, gibbonswall.com that right kevin um all of our profiles biography information phone email everything is listed there um you can find us on linkedin stop by our office in trend 50 west state street or in newark one gateway center newark new jersey and vinnie like mayor stack i have no problem with anyone having my cell phone so it's 732-619 8601. Cool. Fantastic. All right. You guys are amazing. That is our show. Thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We really appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, a gigantic thank you to Kevin G. Walsh and Courtney A. Johnson two attorneys from the firm Gibbons LLP who joined us today. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you. All right. Thank we'll you. see you next time. Bye. Bye.